the Aggies land former Kansas State corner Will Lee. I think he could be the solution to the Aggies' secondary problem from last season. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Ladies and gentlemen, you get the first commit of the Mike Elko era at Texas A&M. Former Kansas State corner, Will Lee, decides you know, into the transfer portal. He takes a, uh, it's announced he's going to visit Texas A&M. Visit goes well, and he is an Aggie, and this is, this is exciting. Now, there's a lot of breakdown here. You know, when, when I first talked about him, you know, this guy's visiting. I looked at the numbers, looked at PFF grade, didn't really look at tape. Now I've looked at tape. And, you know, th- this, is a, a, this is a big commit. This is. This is a guy who's going to come in. He, he's one of the better corners in the portal. A lot of, you know, big schools wanted him. He's a good football player. 6'3", 185. His measurables are off the charts. He breaks up passes. He can get interceptions. He graded out well on PFF. And he's going to be a good football player. I will say, there, if there's any concern, any concern, he did give up a few big plays. He he had a bit of an up and down season, uh, which which led to him sitting on the bench a little bit at times. He eventually, you know, kind of got back in the lineup. But you know, up and down season for Willie. He also has the best. I the I think the best nickname I've ever heard for a corner, which is Will the Blanket Lee. I mean, because he's always got you covered. That's incredible i mean that is just i mean if he becomes a star that needs to be a t-shirt i i I, i'm serious that's how great of a nickname that is but looking like i said the pff grade was great the stats were great he does a lot of good things but he was there were a few big plays he gave up which i know all aggie fans from what we saw this year with like a josh deberry it was a little scary at times when, you know, DeBerry would be in coverage because you knew he was liable to give up some big plays, some deep passes. And that's kind of what we see with Will Lee a little bit. He is liable to give up a big play here and there. So, you know, and once again, I'm not, I'm going to, this is the way I'm gonna, I look at it. You know, you can look at it and you go, like, because it's funny. I had a Kansas State fan comment when I talked about him visiting and say, like, y'all can have him. He gets burned all the time. And I was like, what? Because I was like, look at the PFF grade, look at the numbers. And then when I saw the tape, I was like, okay. He did get burned a few times. It, it, it did happen. He, he had a few games, a few plays that weren't great. But all in all, you know, I don't want to be negative in any way. I mean, he there were a few – you know, there were a few plays on the tape where, yes, he got burned a little bit. But 
the tape overall to me was impressive, frankly. Everybody's gonna have a few bad plays. You can't, you know, in a in a, in a full season, you're gonna make mistakes. You can have plays not go your way. It's gonna happen. Now, as a corner, I'd rather you, you know, get beat for 20 yards than a 70 yard touchdown, of course, you know. But at the end of the day, I, I just I believe in the measurables. I believe in the size. I believe in the PFF grade, and I believe in the tape. And all of those things, you know, speak wonders for Will Lee. I think he next season when he's you know playing corner for the Aggies, he needs to you know hey let's let's decrease the big plays a little bit, and you know also you got to remember one thing. I think, I think as fans, I do this. We all do this. I think we are so quick to kind of go, you know, a, to think act like players can't improve, like whatever they they are now, they're going to be in the future. That's not always the case, you know, players. Coach Elko, Coach Ishmael Arstide, you know, the, the new secondary coach, I believe that they can help him out, that they can teach him a little bit the ways of the land. They can help him play, you know, better football, continue to improve and get better and improve his game. So it's not like Will Lee is, you know, what we saw last season on the field for the Kansas State Wildcats is what you're going to see on the, on the field next season for the Texas State and Maggies. That's not just not, – I mean, you know, he can improve. Uh, Coach Arstride, Coach Elko can help him. He can get better. He can learn some things. It's very much on the table, you know, very, very much on the table. I, and and you got to remember, too, he's got two years of eligibility. I love that. One thing about the portal that, I mean, you know, you take players like this. You, of course you take players like this. But the one-year rentals, I just, oh, those where you got a guy for – seven months you know they come in and then they play for you and then they go either to you know to the nfl or wherever i like the guys who can come in and he can be in the system for a couple of years will lee if he comes in and he's a great player you can have him for another year after that which those are the type of players that can help a new coaching staff kind of settle in you know you bring in a will lee if he's really good next year if he becomes a lockdown corner in the sec perhaps the season after that that you know didn't head into the next year hey you got a lockdown corner um, unless, you know, he wants to move on to the NFL, but which would be great because that means he had a great season. So, like I said, everything, you know, I think that Will Lee checks all the box, the boxes. I mean, he's, he's ranked highly in the portal. I, you know, I, I don't think I, I just, in, in, I saw some people, people still excited about the commitment and still excited about landing Will Lee. But kind of like, well, guys, he did let up some big plays. We got to pay attention. He's got to work on that. I just think, you know, once again, I mean, in a season, corner, in my opinion, is like the hardest position to play in football. I mean, you have to be able to mirror a receiver all the way down the field, and it's just hard to do. You're going to get beat sometimes. It's going to happen. And when you get beat, it looks bad because, you know, it, it leads to points for the team sometimes. But it's going to happen. I mean, I believe what one thing I believe in, like I said, is tape measurables. He's got the size. He's a lengthy corner. Um, Coach Elko likes him. He, he's just he's a talented player that I believe Coach Elko and Coach Armstrong can get the best out of. Can um, help with a little technique. Can improve. So I'm extremely satisfied with Will Lee being the first player you bring in in the transfer portal. I think he's the guy who could start next year for you. I think that, you know, we, we already know you've lost a lot of players from the secondary that have started a lot of games of Texas A&M career to the portal. You're going to have to replace those guys. 
And I think Will Lee is a great person to do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I wanted to address the whole, yes, he he, he was liable to give up a few big plays. There were some times, it was an up and down season for him at Kansas State, but I believe in the measurables. I believe in him as a player. And I think he's going to succeed at Texas A&M. So I am extremely excited about the commitment of Will Lee. I think that he's going to help this football team the second he walks on campus. Big guy, and I'm really excited to see what the blanket can do in Maroon and Kyle Field next season. I'm really looking forward to it. Texas A&M lost a couple commits over the weekend. The most important being interior offensive lineman Cohen Eccles. This one hurts a little bit, and we'll talk about why coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our wonderful friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or die every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive with keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to you as customers. So over the weekend, Texas AM did lose the commitment of two players, of Cohen Eccles and Jalen Hornsby, the receiver. Cohen Eccles, to me, is the more important loss. He was a top 300 recruit in 24-7 sports composite rankings. He was a guy that shot out the rankings. I remember when we first talked about him, you know, um, whenever he committed over the summer, you know, he wasn't ranked super high. But I watched tape on him. I said, this kid's good. This, and, and he did climb the rankings, top 300 guy. Football player, you know, that you're, you're going to miss in your recruiting class. And, and one thing I'll tell you, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think this is important. I am so tired of losing players. And this is the recruiting world. This is part of playing in the SEC. But where does it look like Eccles is going? Based on a few crystal balls, it looks like he's going to Auburn. And, I mean, what I what I dislike about that is the fact that you know, hey, like you got to go play Auburn on the road this year, you know, like so now an offensive lineman would Cohen Eccles have helped you this season as a freshman? Probably not, but you know, I mean, it's just a guy who should be on your team has hit the road, transferred, and has found a new place to call home. And, and like I said, the only reason that I'm super upset about this, Cohen Eccles is a great football player. This is this is a bad loss for the Aggies, but you also just hate a guy going to the enemy, you know, going to another SEC school that you're going to be playing. I, I just I don't like that because it, you know it, it makes your roster worse and their roster better. I mean, it's just both people are moving are moving in the wrong direction. You don't like that. You want 
your opponents to be getting worse while you get better, not your opponents to be getting better while you get worse. And that's kind of what happened with the Cohen Eccles decommitment. He hasn't committed to Auburn yet, but just crystal balls and stuff. Looks like that might be where he's going. Um, I mean, offensive line wise in this class, you still got, you know, you got still got talent. You still got Afua, Blake Ivy. You still got Funk. I mean, you still got players committed in this class that can help you on the offensive line and some talent. But you know, I talked about you've already lost now. This, I mean, two, I believe, yeah, two offensive line commits over the last. You lost one a, a month or so ago, but this is a position Texas A&M is bringing guys in, not letting guys go. And, you know, just looking at this, I, I, three offensive linemen. I mean, let's double check to make sure three. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, one, two, three. Three offensive linemen is not – it was funny. We talked about when there were five committed in the class. Like, well, hey, I wouldn't mind going to get one more. Now you've got three. I think you got to go get some guys. And I'll tell you, now you could you could go to the portal as well. But if you're going to go to the portal, like we said with Will Lee, go get somebody that has two years eligibility left, three years eligibility left. Don't go get somebody that's that's a one year rental. I mean, you can get go you can do that. That's fine. But go get somebody that's got some eligibility left. And I, so I think that you could. I would I would like to see maybe go get one more high school offensive lineman. I mean, signing day is coming up. We're about nine days out. So that's on the way. But at the end of the day, I just – losing offensive linemen is not something Texas A&M needs to be doing right now, and that's what happened. You know, Cohen Eccles decides, hey, he's um, heading over to uh, potentially Auburn, it looks like. You hate losing a kid like him, talented, shooting up the rankings. Um, and then you lose Jalen Horns. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not as upset about losing him. I, but the, the problem here is that where did he flip to? Syracuse. Who's at Syracuse? Elijah Robinson. This has turned into a bit of a topic as, you know, hey, he's kind of, is he, is he trying to, you know, poach the players, which is, I mean, hey, he has every right to do that. Um, but Hornsby was a guy, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I think I, I'm not crazy upset about losing Hornsby. I think you can go get some some players from the portal to replace him. I think you can go get another high school receiver to replace him. Now, I am upset that you've lost pretty much all of your receivers in your class. You've lost Cam Coleman. You've lost Draylon Miller. Draylon Miller, who, of course, just committed to Colorado to play for Coach Prime. Um, and, you know, now Hornsby with Cam Coleman, Miller. That's a lot of receiver talent you're losing. So, you know, you don't like that, but I think that Hornsby, I think you can find, I'm much more upset about losing Cam Coleman and Draylon Miller than I am Hornsby is what I'm getting at. Still a good football player, could go be a stud somewhere. I just, I, I think he's more of a project than a Cam Coleman or a Draylon Miller is. So now your class is currently, I mean, there was a time where it was number four, you know, now it's currently sitting at 17. You've got 16 hard commits currently. Still got a couple five stars committed, a couple really high four stars. You've still got some talent all around, but at the end of the day, you know, if you can keep this class, you got to remember when you. I talk about it all the time. Recruiting is a. It's all about relationships. Recruiting doesn't happen in a month. Recruiting happens in 
you know, okay, right now it, it's getting ready to be 2024, right? In a few weeks, it will it'll be, it'll be a new year. So it'll be 2024 in a few weeks, right? Well, it's time to be recruiting 2027 kids, not 2025 kids, not 2024. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's about relationships. These recruiting relationships are sometimes three, four years long, not a month. Coach Elko was never going to keep this entire class around. We've discussed this. He was never going to keep the entire roster together. The key is to keep some of this talent around. You can, that's, that is the bright spot of the new world of college football we live in is you can always replace people with stuff in the transfer portal. That's the world we live in right now. Coach Elko can go and get some guys from the transfer portal to fill in from what we've lost to fill in from what you've lost in the, in the recruiting class. So, you know, that may, it's a lot easier to, like I said, that's the whole reality here. It's a lot easier to flip a roster as a new head coach when with the whole transfer portal stuff compared to what it was before, because I mean, you know, yet you flip a roster, you lose guys, you have to find a way to field a roster and find a way to recruit and get good players. It's a rebuild. Now rebuilds can take weeks instead of years, thanks to the new world of college football we live in. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, losing Eccles, losing losing Hornsby is not a good thing. I mean, it, it's never good to lose these recruits, especially Eccles, who was a top three hundred guy, really talented offensive lineman who was shooting up those rankings. I hate to lose him. And like I said, I do hate losing him to a rival school that you're going to be playing against. You know, you, you don't ever like the, the look of that. So I think um, take a shot on a three-star offensive lineman. You know, I'm not going to be upset if you go after a six-foot-eight monster who isn't technically sound, you know, and so that's why he's a three-star. Go get somebody like that who you think you can develop um, into a, a real a great offensive lineman. You know, go get a player like that. Same with – go get a receiver who you think is a, a fix-up project and see if you can develop something. I wouldn't mind, you know, with, with 16 hard commits, I wouldn't mind taking four more players and trying to, you know, take some shots in the dark in this class, but also wouldn't mind saving those scholarships and giving them to transfer portal players that have three years eligibility left that have uh, maybe gotten somewhat significant snaps at the Power 5 level, stuff like that. I'm fine with that too. So – um. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But like I said, losing Eccles hurts. Um, good luck to them. And, you know, Hornsby going to Syracuse and Eccles finding his new um, home, wherever it is. Good luck to them. Hate losing them. But I think, yeah, you got to add some more offensive linemen, maybe a receiver and some corners to this recruiting class to save kind of what you've lost over this last month. But I'm, I'm not upset about where this recruiting class is at. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, it's part of it. You're going to lose some players. We've discussed it. You just can't lose everybody. So it's kind of expected is what I'm saying. So I'm not frustrated by losing some of these guys. It's just the reality of the situation we're in right now. We're going to talk a little bit about the SEC schedule reveal show coming up on Wednesday and why, how can the Aggies win it? We'll discuss that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our wonderful friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the place to go and bet overs and unders. Go bet prop bets for professional sports. It is so much fun. 
I love price picks. It just it makes the games that we love, football, baseball, basketball, more enjoyable. Right? I'm going to an NBA game on Monday. What am I going to do? I'm going to make a prize picks lineup for the game because it makes the game more fun. It's more fun to be at a game that you have a lineup. And it's simple as this. You're going to get a line. You're going to get a number. We've got Monday Night Football coming up tonight, right? you got Tyreek Hill playing. Okay. You could make Tyreek Hill's receiving yard line 110, and I'd take it. 120. Seriously, that's how good he is. And that's what you do. They'll give you a line. You click higher or you click lower. If you think somebody's going to have a good game, a bad game, you click higher or lower. Two all the way up to six lines. With every line, it multiplies the money. It is so much fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash college. promo code college to match your first deposit up to $100. So before we call it a day here at Locked on Aggies, there's a couple things I want to talk about. Um, and, and, and the thing, the first thing I want to discuss is this SEC schedule reveal show is coming up on Wednesday. So uh, the, w- the way I'm understanding this is we obviously know the opponents. That was a show in the summer. We know the opponents. We are now figuring out the schedule. What time, what day, so you can kind of see. And, and that's where stuff comes into play like, okay, um, when, you know, when do we, we, like, we, when do we play this team? So like, let's run through the current opponents for Texas A&M. So we've got, you play Notre Dame, you play McNeese State, you play Bowling Green, you play Arkansas, New Mexico State, Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State, South Carolina, LSU, Missouri, and then the Texas Longhorns. So we know when a handful of these games are going to be played, but not all of them. And I think what's so important about this is – you don't want games to be stacked. You don't want so like what I'm saying is you don't want to play Mizzou, then LSU, then Texas back to back weeks. You know you don't want it to. Be, you know you would love it to be. You go to Auburn and then you play LSU and then you play South Carolina and then you play Missouri and then you play Mississippi State and then you play Texas and just kind of like I would you know. You'd rather that than the gauntlet of back-to-back games. We've seen this. And then the other thing you don't want, too, there was a team that had, ha- you know, sometimes you get a schedule. It, you, it can be one of two ways. Um, two schools that I could think of that had schedules like this, um, and they're both opposites this year, were Auburn and Kentucky. Kentucky had a schedule where it was super easy, and they went out to like a 6-0 and start. And then it got really hard really quick where they played like Tennessee and Bama and – uh, Georgia and all these schools like in a few back-to-back weeks, right? Auburn was the opposite. Auburn, uh, and that was so so Kentucky started off hot, but then ran into that gauntlet part of their schedule and started to lose football games. Auburn was the opposite. They, you know, started their year with, with non-conference stuff and then started playing a few difficult SEC games, had to play AM on the road, you know, lost, lost, lost. And then they play some bad teams down the stretch. I don't like schedules like that, either of them personally. I like a schedule where it's balanced. You play a tough opponent, you play an easy opponent. You play a tough opponent, you play an easy opponent. Now, I do think that sometimes, you know, next year, let's say you beat an LSU, right? And and, and people are excited 
there's a lot of excitement about it, but, and then you play a, a Florida on the road, right? A Florida team that we don't expect to be great by any means. I don't like that because that's when you start saying, well, is it a trap game? Should we be concerned about this game? That's kind of what I'm getting at here. So I think that's the way, you know, it's an SEC schedule. I've talked about how manageable I believe this 2024 football schedule is, and it is. I mean, you look at it, you get to play LSU at home, Missouri who's up and coming at home, Texas at home. You play Notre Dame at home. Those are your most difficult games. I think your easier games at Auburn, it's on the road, but it's easier game. At Florida, on the road, but easier game. Mississippi State, South Carolina, on the road, on the road, but easier games. Last season for Texas a and it was the polar opposite. I mean, pretty much besides Alabama, every team, every really good football team on the schedule, you were on the road. At Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at LSU. I mean, it was a gauntlet of a schedule for Texas A&M this year because you had to play all of these talented football teams at their place except for really Bama. Now, this year, you get the opposite. It's much more manageable because you, the talented teams that you play this season, you're playing at home. And I feel a lot better about playing Texas at home than I do having to go on the road. I feel a lot better about playing LSU at home than having to go on the road. You don't want to play in those environments on the road. I love that the you know with the Lone Star Showdown being back, you get to play it at home. You don't have to worry about going there. You can maybe start the series back up and start it up after you know both teams being in the SEC. Start it back up one and zero. You have a chance to do that at home. I don't care. I mean, Texas is going to be really good next year, but you get them at home. You never know what can happen in a packed Kyle Field. I mean, it's as simple as that. So, I think that's how the Aggies can win the um. Schedule release, which is wins. They don't have a time. I'll put that in the comments. Um, but is have a schedule where it's kind of back and forth. Not You don't want to play a lot of your hard games in the beginning. You don't want to play a lot of your hard games in the end. You want it to be balanced throughout the games. You want to, you know, you don't want it to be a type of schedule where you, you, there's chunks of talented teams and then kind of the and teams. Don't want it to be like that. Have it spread out nice to where this team can have a really successful 2024 season, which, like I've said, I know we're losing players. I know we're losing commits, but this schedule is manageable. If Coach Elko does a good job in the portal, he's already gotten a big-time commit in Willie. If he keeps continuing hitting it hard, I think this you can succeed next season with this manageable 2024 schedule. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. I hope everybody hit an outstanding weekend. Uh, a lot of fun coming up this week. You know, we're going to have more uh, portal players commit. We're going to have more fun stuff to talk about there. We're going to have the SEC schedule breakdown to talk about. There's a lot of fun stuff to be discussed this week at Locked on Aggies. So thanks for being here, for being a part of it. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. That helps a ton. If you're listening on a podcast platform, leave a five-star review. It helps as well. Thank you, Everydayers, for being here every single day. I really do appreciate it. Couldn't do this show without you on a day-to-day basis. So thanks so much for being here. We will see you tomorrow with another fun episode of Locked on Aggies.